0: Uh, Good morning. Uh, First of all, I'd like to say thank you for your generosity in supporting our ministry, and your faithful prayers for us. And as Paul says in Philippians chapter one, verse three, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership with me in the gospel from the first day until now, and you've been partners with me with us in the ministry since 1986 for 37 years now and we want to say thank you so much from our hearts and paul says here in in philippians chapter 1 verse 7 as he expressed appreciation for the church in philippi he says it is right for me to feel this way about you all because i hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace and so and the grace that god has given to us you are partakers of that same grace as we are serving the Lord in this ministry called CCI, or Crossing Cultures International. Uh, this is my wife, and we have two kids and six grandchildren. Ministry began in the Philippines in 1986, and uh, she is back here towards the back with her mother. You raise your hand, sweetheart. There she is. And uh, she grew up in this church here at Limerick Chapel with many of you, and it's so good to see all of you here today. Um, our ministry is a ministry of equipping uh, indigenous pastors and church leaders in 34 countries. About 95% of the world's pastors do not have access to good Bible theological training. And so our, our ministry is to, is to bring that training to them in such a way that is accessible in urban areas, in mountainous regions, tribal areas, and also in rural areas, and, and packaged in such a way that it's accessible, affordable, and reproducible. And not only do we train pastors, about 35% of our classes are, are pastors, and, uh, about 35% are women, uh, many women who want to serve the Lord come to, come to our classes and about 30% of business people and farmers and fishermen. And our goal is to equip them to do the work of the Lord and to become participants in the Great Commission and not just recipients of the gospel. We want to empower them to do the work of the ministry. It will take the whole church around the world with the gospel to make disciples of all nations. And so we want to see nationals equipped with the skills the Bible knowledge, and the character for long-term effective ministry. So by God's grace, we have grown to about 600 training centers in 34 countries with over 7,000 people in training, reaching over 130 people groups for the glory of God. And these these are some of the countries where we have training at, and we're so delighted to be with you this morning and to share what God is doing in and through our ministry. Uh, before I continue in the message, I want to invite you, if you would like to join us next year, we, uh, we, if you would like to come and meet some of the, we have 125 team members in our staff now, if you'd like to come and meet them, we are having a global conference in Chiang Mai, Thailand uh, next year, the first week of November, and uh, we are planning to have an excursion one day also of riding elephants so if you'd like to ride an elephant, sort of like riding a big puppy dog. that sways back and forth real slow, as Mindy and I have done this a couple of times. And in 2024, I'm leading a tour to Israel and to Turkey. So if you've never been to Israel, we'd love for you to come and join us in Israel. Uh, also, on our back table, there are pens. If you would like to have a pen, they're, they're free, just like the books earlier this morning. And we also have bookmarks. And it says, equipping indigenous church leaders with the biblical knowledge and ministry skills to become participants in the Great Commission. And uh, we all have prayer cards as well on the back table. And uh, if the Lord leads you, to, leads you to give to one of us, there is a QR code at the bottom of the prayer card. And if you don't know what that is, just ask a, a teenager or someone in their 20s and they can tell you how to do it. So this morning, I want to share with you from 2 Kings chapter 7. So if you open your Bibles to 2 Kings, the whole story is chapter 6, verse 24, to chapter 7, verse 20. But we're just going to read 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1 to 9. And then I will narrate other parts of the story to you. So I'd like to invite you to stand with me as I read this text out of reverence for the word of God. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1 to 9. But Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time a seah of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Then the captain on whose hand the king leaned said to the man of God, If the Lord himself should make windows in heaven, could this thing be? But he said, that's Elisha, You shall see it with your own eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Now there were four men who were lepers at the entrance to the gate. And they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say, Let us enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. So now come, let us go over to the camp of the Syrians. If they spare our lives, we we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. So they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. Behold, there was no one there. For the Lord had made the army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and of horses, the sound of a great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the kings of Israel has hired against us, the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to come against us. So they fled away in the twilight and abandoned their tents, their horses and their donkeys, leaving the camp as it was and fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into the tent and ate and drank and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. And they came back and entered another tent and carried off things from it and went and hid them. Verse 9. Then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. If we are silent and wait until the morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. Let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we worship you this morning, recognizing the greatness of your name, the beauty of your attributes, the brilliance of your presence, and the wonders of all your works in this world. And we bow before you, thanking you that our sin was nailed on the cross when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. And our sin was paid for in full through his death burial, and resurrection. And we present ourselves before you this morning and we together say, Lord, here we are. Use us. Like these four lepers had no place to turn for anything to eat, they decided to step out in faith rather than live in fear. Help us, Lord, to step out in faith as they did. Lord, we live in desperate times We live in turbulent times, as we have seen over the last two years, uh, a horrible pandemic, political intrigue, economic downfall, and many things around us crumbling. And Lord, even in the midst of this, we know that you are ready to use us. And so, Lord, we are here and we say, Lord, help us every day to present ourselves to you that you might use us for your glory. We pray that you would speak to us this morning by your Holy Spirit as we look into your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the book, The Hobbit, J.R.R. Tolkien narrates a character named Bilbo Baggins. Any of you heard of him? He's journeying. He journeyed into the caves of what is called the Misty Mountains, where this creature Gollum lived at. As he stumbled in the darkness, he came upon a ring, not just any ring, but the ring that would control all of them. And we read the following statement. It was picked up by the most unlikely creature imaginable, a hobbit. It was picked up by the most unlikely creature. We see this also in Scripture as Paul echoes this sentiment in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26-28. to 28. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to the worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world, the shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. In the history of the world, in the history of the gospel, God has used the most unlikely people to accomplish His will. in in significant ways. Even when the prophet Samuel went to visit Jesse to anoint the next king, the king of Israel, the chosen one, was not there. He was out watching sheep, because no one expected that ruddy boy to become the next anointed king of Israel. And when David defeated Goliath in the next chapter... Saul asked Abner, his commander, whose son is that youth? To which Abner replied, as your soul lives, O king, I do not know. Because the king had promised his daughter in marriage to the man who would defeat Goliath. And he had promised his family to be exempt from taxes as well. And they didn't even know this boy's family. This Story is found in the context of 1st and 2nd Kings, which narrates the United Kingdom of Israel to becoming divided all the way to Babylon in captivity. And it's written from the point of view of a prophet. 1st and 2nd Chronicles was written from the point of view of the priest. And here we see the prophet Elisha who followed the prophet Elijah. And Elisha lived around 900 B.C. to around uh, 832 B.C., and he served God as a prophet for about 60 years. And this text takes place in around 850 B.C. Now, in this story, we see, we see this, this uh, uh, idea. God used four lepers to bring about a great deliverance and great provision for Israel. Now the context starts early in chapter 6, when the king uh, Ben-Hadad, which Ben means son of, Hadad was, the king, was, a, was a god of the Syrians, and so he looked at himself as the son of the god, and he went up to Samaria, the city that's the capital of Israel, and besieged this city. He cut off the supply chain so that there was horrible Uh, inflation so much that a donkey's head was being sold for about $600. How many of you would like to go out later today and buy a donkey's head to feed to your family? Anybody here? I didn't think so. And so there was terrible inflation. Uh, One thing happened was cannibalism in this story. And the king is walking on the wall and he hears what's happening and he tears his clothes And underneath is, uh, uh, you see the uh, underneath it is um, sackcloth, sackcloth made from goats uh, goats hair, goat skin. He had the right clothing on, but later in this chapter, chapter six, in verse thirty one, he says this: "May God do so to me and more also, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on his shoulders today." Now. King Joram, Joram is the king at this time. And we read, all the kings of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And so instead of, he had the right clothing on, sackcloth, which meant repentance. But he wasn't repentant of his sin. He was blaming the prophet. He blamed the preacher, the pastor, instead of himself. And taking, instead of taking ownership, I have led this nation astray from God we have disobeyed the Lord's commandments we have strayed away from the covenant of God and it's my fault he blames the prophet I am going to have the head of Elisha the son of Shaphat off of his shoulders today so what does he do he sends his commander down in verse 30, 33 to, to go to Elisha And Elisha knows he's coming before he even gets there. And he says, shut the door and hold it against the man coming down in verse uh, 33. And the messenger comes and he says, why this trouble is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Why should we wait for God? Why should we trust him any longer? Let's just take things into our own hands. That's what the commander was saying the king was not repented and the truth of this story is this in the most turbulent times that we live in we could live in god could use god can use the most unlikely and unexpected people to bring about a great deliverance he uses those who step out in faith in obedience to him chapter 7 we elisha gives the word of the lord this is what God is going to do. Tomorrow, about this time, about six quarts of flour should be sold for $8. Not inexpensive, but a lot less expensive than the previous day. And he says, Two seas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. And the captain on whose hand the king leaned said to the man of God, If the Lord himself should open windows of heaven, how could this thing be? It's impossible. Everything is dire. And we read in the story in verse 3 and following, four lepers decide, they start talking together. And they say to one another, well, if we just stay here and do nothing, we're just going to die. And if we go in the city, we're going to die. And if we go down to the Syrians, we may die, but they may give us something to eat. And God's grace, He calls us a huge noise to take place, and all the Syrians run away, and leave all of their clothing, their gold, their silver, and all their food in their tents. Just like God had promised in the Old Testament, He had promised Israel that an army of ten would chase away a thousand. God would give the battle, He would win the battle for them, if they would trust Him and obey His word. What can we learn from this story? We can learn that God can use us just like he uses le- these lepers. And we are to present ourselves to God that he might use us in whatever ways he gives us for his glory. What are we to do when facing difficult times? Number one, trust in the Lord to deliver us. Trust in the Lord. We see Elisha giving the word of God to the commander. And uh, we face difficult times. Where should we turn to? We turn to the word of God, not the nightly muse. Bathe ourselves in the word of God. It's interesting. He says, hear the word of the Lord. It's all in capital letters. And 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 he's talking about Yahweh the covenant-making God who always keeps His promises. Joshua 21, verse 45 says, Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. We can trust the Lord. He, He says in Hebrews 13, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For He has said I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Psalm 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots and some in horses and some in the stock market. We see that's a a bad thing to do right now, isn't it? But we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. God is the one who can save us. Similar to this situation, we've seen a, a cutoff in the supply chain of the last couple of years, haven't we? We've seen uh, just like these lepers who were quarantined and the people living inside the city were cut off. They could not leave. We've been quarantined as well. We've all see, also seen inflation, just like they saw inflation. A donkey's head for $600, something they would never eat. It's not nutritious, and it would be considered unclean for them to eat. Yet, God used four lepers. A second thing we can learn is this. We are to present ourselves to God for Him to use us, in terrible times. Lepers were usually quarantined, and they were the most unlikely candidates to bring about the deliverance. We see in this story, it's better to walk in faith than to live in fear. Better to step out in faith and trust God than to live in fear. Yes, we are to take precautions, count the cost, not to be stupid, and to trust God through the process. And God used them to bring about a great deliverance. As we see in chapter 7, verse 3, there were four men who were lepers at the entrance to the gate. Now, these four men here this morning are not lepers. But like these four lepers, they stepped out in faith, and the ministry continued and flourished in the Philippines. And when we step out in faith to God and say, Lord, here I am, use me. God can use each one of us in greater ways than we could ever think or imagine possible. And finally, I'd like to point out in verse 9 what they said after they discovered all the food and the gold and the jewelry and the silver. Verse 7, they said to one another, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. Today is a, good, a day of good news too, isn't it? We have the good news of Jesus Christ, and to keep silent about it would be the same as what these men would have done if they would not have told the king what God had provided for them. They said, if we are silent and wait until the morning light, Punishment will overtake us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they went back to Samaria. They told the king's household. And the king didn't believe. He thought it was a trap. But finally, they decided, we'll send five horsemen. We only have a few horses left. And they, and they would go down to the camp and see and check it out to see if, whether what these men said were true or not. And they went down and they saw, yes, yes, there's great provision for the people of Israel. And they went back and told the king. And we have the first Black Friday that take place here later in this chapter. As the people ran out of the city and trampled the, the uh, king's commander. Verse 16, it says, The people went out and plundered the camp of the Syrians. So a sea of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two seahs of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord." And so what can we learn from this story? Number one, let us trust in God when we face difficult times. Let us bathe ourselves in the word of God and seek the Lord and hear what he has to say. Number two, let us present ourselves to the Lord for him to use us. And number three, let's share the good news of God's provision with others and share God's provision with others as well. As they said, we are not doing right to keep this to ourselves. We are as well to share what God has blessed us with so the world can hear the good news and believe in Jesus Christ. We are not doing right. When God provides for us and we hoard everything for ourselves, we make a living through our jobs, we make a life through our giving, our generosity. God blesses us so that we can bless the nations. In Genesis 12, through 3, God told Abraham, I am going to bless the world through you. We are conduits of God's blessing, his good news for the world. Let us use what God has given to us. He's entrusted to us so that the world can hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's close in prayer. As we have seen this morning, in the most difficult of times, God can use the most unlikely and unexpected people to bring about a great deliverance. Lord, we come to you this morning. We do live in desperate times. Help us to respond as these four lepers responded. By stepping out in faith. Stepping out in faith to... Share the good news with our neighbors, with our friends, with our family. By turning to you and trusting in you, the God who who fulfills all his promises, you will never forsake us nor leave us. You have promised to provide for us and to use us. And Lord, help us to present ourselves to you, as these four lepers did, to, to walk in faith and not live in fear. And help us like them to go and tell the good news of your deliverance and to share that with others so they can experience the blessing of God, the blessing of salvation through Jesus Christ. Thank you for your presence here with us this morning. And Lord, if there's one person here today who has not trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we pray that they would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Lord, we know that we are sinners. We cannot save ourselves or earn enough righteousness or merit to be accepted into heaven. It is only through the work of Christ, through his shed blood on the cross, that we can have a right relationship with you by faith in Jesus. I pray that if there's one person here this morning who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that he or she will trust in Jesus Christ this morning as our Lord and Savior. And Lord, as believers, we say, here am I. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.